1: Hello, I'm Jonathan Moles, and you're listening to the FT Startup Podcast, a 10-part guide to creating and growing a business. Today we're going to look at work-life balance. Running a business can become an obsession. How do you stop work leaking into downtime at home and how do you manage when life intrudes? Maria Sipka co-founded Linquea, a marketing company that matches brands to digital storytellers and their communities. She was looking for a US business partner when she found she was pregnant. The timing could hardly have been worse, as she explained to me down the line in a phone call from her office in San Francisco.
2: I was in Barcelona and I had my potential co-founder in my living room and we had been working on the blueprint for what would... create the business in the United States over a seven or eight day period, he actually arrived on the day that I was due to give birth. So the timing was a little off. And then as we were putting the final touches to our financial plan together, I then started to go into labor and I refused at that point to give up because we're on the home stretch and he was scheduled to fly to Switzerland to present to some investors that we had in Switzerland. And so I remember, you know, sitting on one of those yoga balls kind of in pain every, I mean, the contractions were much more further apart, went through that process over about four or five hours and then we finished the, the financial plan and I said, right, I'm off to the hospital and, you know, you're off to Geneva. And so, you know, I went into hospital in Barcelona to give birth and then eight hours later, I was on my iPad with our daughter sitting next to me, sitting in on an investor meeting where my would-be co-founder was presenting our our blueprint, our plan. And it was at that stage that the investors said, well, you know, the one challenge is that we need to raise a million dollars in a week. We need to have at least a million dollars to get this company up and running And uh, unfortunately, you're the only one that can do that. And within 24 hours, I was at home on the phone fundraising.
1: What was the reaction at home?
2: Well, my now husband, we're both part of the entrepreneur organisation. And when we first met, I actually laid the cards on the table and I said, listen, I want to live large. And so, you know, we're going to have some pretty interesting experiences ahead of us. Are you up for that? And so, you know, he already had a few years in seeing my approach to incubating our company Linkia and so by the time that I became pregnant we would talked about what some of the implications would be on on our situation and so he'd already become accustomed to just the way of life and we'd always figured things out so he wasn't worried in in one sense as a matter of fact he had a consulting gig in Brazil. So by the first week that the baby was born, he was in Brazil. So somehow My we managed goodness. to make it all work.
1: What about your investors?
2: One of the great things about when you start a company, your investors invest into you and your vision. And so the investors were extremely supportive. And obviously they'd invested already you know, a sizable amount of money, so they wanted to a return on that investment and we looked at the situation in a very pragmatic way and nobody had put any unnecessary pressure on me in terms of putting a gun to my head going like do or die like I put that pressure on myself.
1: I suppose people think of San Francisco as the startup crowd being young 20-somethings and you know young free and single. Has it been at all strange fitting into that community there?
2: The only way that you can succeed In the valley, having my situation of, you know, I've now also got a second child. You know, incidentally, when we went to raise our next round of funding, (laughs) life said, right, here's another child. (laughs) So, you know, having two children and, and obviously a husband, the only way that you can make it work is to focus.
1: Do you not ever think it might have been a bit easier, though? You might have been a bit bigger if you hadn't had these chaotic events.
2: You know, you often speak to mothers, you know, that go back to work and you'll often hear that they're actually far more effective at their job being a parent than when they don't have children. This is my third company and so you learn that when you're younger you sort of spread yourself a little bit thin and you work crazy hours and in the end you arrive you know much further to the person that's been you know a lot more focused. And so having a family... You know, you're very, very selective about who you spend time with. You you, you become much more obsessive with the team that you build around you. I mean, my co-founder has been instrumental to our success. It was the single best decision that I ever made, you know, was to find that match. Would we be where we are today if I didn't have the family? Absolutely not. Because to be honest with you also, my family has created a sense of normality for me like I think I'd probably go crazy you know having gone through the journey that we've been through without having them.
1: For another take on work-life balance I spoke to husband and wife team Shane Fitzcoy and Arahan who met at Stanford Business School and decided not only to marry but to go into business together with their startup medical device business Alert One.
0: I always thought that I would end up having a greater partnership in my marriage than just, I guess, the traditional personal relationship. But it's very difficult to find someone that you fall in love with and want to marry, let alone also want to work with. Mm. And so when we got together, I realized that, oh, you know, there is something that could happen professionally between the two of us, but let's let's tackle one thing at a time.
1: So you actually thought this would be something you'd enjoy being married to someone who you'd also be in business yeah
0: with. I've always admired couples that marry I suppose for love and then also work together but I I just liked it it appealed to me
1: so presumably there's good and bad in this being married and I'm mm-hmm. running a business together what's the best
3: thing I think the best thing might also be the worst thing it's that <laughs> We never stop working and we never stop home, right? It's always on. And so I, I love that. So before I didn't, I wasn't, and Ara probably wasn't either very good at work-life balance and there was no real separation. I would go home and talk about everything that we were going to, that it was happening at work and I would go to work and think about what's happening at home. And so it's great that I don't really have to stop working at home. It's great that I don't have to stop living and being who I am at home at work. Um, that I can show up fully in both circumstances, I really enjoy and appreciate. Um, And I think it's the best thing, and it may also be the worst thing, too.
1: Are there rules that enable this to work?
0: I think the only rule is that we have to be authentic and truthful in whatever realm we happen to be in.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think an arbitrary rule, like no talking about work at home, it wouldn't work for us because it's not fundamentally who we are. But I think the one thing that's helpful is that uh, it's not that we fight less. It's just that we have a lot of practice in fighting. And so we have we have a lot of work practice with fighting. We have a lot of home practice with fighting. And so we've got our Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours of fighting in. Um, we can fight really quickly now. We fight really efficiently now. We get to the point of the fight. We move on. We figure out what's next. And, you know, we fight. we fight with purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah. I see. So it is, it is being able to have those difficult discussions. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, when we first started working together, we got advice from a number of different couples who had either tried and succeeded or tried and failed. And many other couples who actually had tried and failed told us to adhere to a strict set of rules about when you enter the home, you stop talking about work and then right when you get to work you stop being a married couple and so forth and I thought that is so strange I don't think I could possibly do that because what if I think of a great idea for work and right in the middle of dinner at home it just doesn't seem fair to the business and then you know vice versa most couples I suppose don't have a chance to look at their spouse in a professional setting and I believe I have a much fuller picture than most people normally get or that I've had in other relationships. I really sort of see the professional Shane and the home Shane. And, you know, as he was saying, there's this remarkable continuity about being able to show up as your whole self in both settings and expect to be understood.
1: Do you think any couple could make that work if they actually wanted it to?
0: I think any couple can do it, but... Working together and being married will expose way more of the rifts and possibly more battlefronts yeah. that are difficult to yeah. recover from.
3: I think there's a certain level of respect too that's necessary. Even before we worked together, there were a lot of things about Ara that I admired and that I strongly respected, and those things, you know, those things have been consistent uh, and even to now. When we work together, I still sometimes when she's in front of the room talking, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at her in awe. And I think that level of respect is really important or would be really important for a couple wanting to work together. Uh, in, in a professional sense, right? I haven't seen too many other couples that work together. But in a, in a personal sense, I see sometimes where, where there's a little level of jealousy or, or contempt, and I think that that would be a recipe for failure in a couple yeah. working
1: together. I don't know whether you ever look at other
3: business partnerships and you see
1: things that you do that others don't.
0: Well, we have um, put our professional future and potential in the same basket in a way that I think many couples would find risky. And so there has to be that fundamental faith in each other that we can make it together in doing whatever wacky thing we're trying to do. So I think that part is special and um, unusual Mm -hmm. in a married professional couple.
1: Yeah. In business world, relationships are formed often on a legal basis, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you have to have some sort of prenup
3: arrangement (laughs) if things go horribly wrong (laughs) and then what happens to the business? Sure, we don't, but when I told her father that I wanted to marry her, he did tell me no refunds. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) that seems like a legal contract or at least just binding. One thing that strikes me on the couples that would be helpful, and I know that part of this is that you're talking to folks who are going to be founding in the beginning Mm -hmm. as as well, a lot of partnerships don't have similar financial interests or runways. As in, one partner may have two years of self-funding, and if they can raise money, it works, but another partner may only have six months. And we know of a lot of partnerships that have dissolved because People had different expectations about what they would pay themselves during the incubation stage. One advantage that we have, I think, is that uh, we have full and clear financial disclosure with one another and the same amount of runway. And I think that uh, be it this or be it an early stage venture, having complete disclosure and and knowledge of the financial situation definitely makes it uh, a much better playing field for us to be on.
1: What do experts say about the wisdom of going into business with family members? Rupert Merson at London Business School has some words of warning.
4: Some people believe that families and friends are the people who can be most honest with each other and that this is therefore a potential strength in family businesses. Well, that's not my experience of families and business. Friends and family are too often worried about upsetting each other to be honest with each other when it really matters. The foundations of a family, even if strong, are irrational emotional and quite likely not to be understood by the members of the family built on them. Now the foundations of a strong business are much more likely to be rational, objective, measurable, more easily understood and communicated.
1: What tips then Rupert do you have for people going into business with a spouse, a sibling or other relative?
4: I think when you go into business with a relative or a friend you need to remember that as far as the business is concerned you are colleagues, and you should be as professional in your dealings with each other as you would be if you were dealing with a third party that you weren't related to.
1: Do you have any advice to people of how they can demarcate their lives?
4: It helps to uh, make sure that when you're running the business, you're doing it in one office, and when you're living your life, you're doing it in another space. I also think that taking a little bit of outside advice can help. A bit of personal coaching or business coaching. I think in this instance, as a family business grows, a, a good non-executive director, wherever they come from, can help. A non-executive is somebody who's not involved in the execution, but who can look at the executives themselves and offer impartial advice about the business and about themselves.
1: Let's end with a word of advice from Maria Sipka.
4: You
2: have to establish your routines and you just stick to them. You have a routine for your business. You have a routine for your family. I have a routine for myself as well. I've got to stay sane in all of this. You you have to actually put yourself first. And then if you put yourself first and create that balance and that harmony and you build up the strength, then everything else falls into place.
1: Next time, we'll be looking at your company's image and in particular, protecting your brand don't forget if you have any questions for me or any of the experts i've spoken to email me at jonathan.moles@ft.com, at ft.com and we'll attempt to answer some of these at the end of the series goodbye and thanks for listening